Hi, it's Richard Melvin here, and thank you very much for downloading this very special podcast. I'm standing outside venue 150 at the EICC in Edinburgh for Amnesty International's Stand Up for Freedom gig. All the best comedians from the fringe have gathered, and every single one of the 1,300 tickets are long gone. We're here tonight to raise awareness for Zargonar, the jailed Burmese comedian. So let's head inside and see what's happening. The Amnesty International Comedy Podcast. Okay, we're inside now and John Bishop is here. Last year's Edinburgh Comedy Award winner Tim Key, he's here too. Germany's, yes, Germany's top comedian Michael Mettermeyer has flown over especially. Adam Hills, Fred McCauley, Mark Watson, Josie Long, Dan Antopolsky and Emo Phillips have all just arrived. Let's head upstairs and see what's happening. Danielle Ward, we're in the green room. We are, yes. At the Stand Up For Freedom gig. It's very exciting. It's it the biggest gig I've done. Whatever. No, well, as a stand-up, yeah, as a musician, I've played to way more people. But uh, yeah, as a stand-up, it is, yeah. Right at the start of the journey on this podcast, you gave some advice to listeners, which was to break in your shoes yeah. and put Vaseline on your nipples. Yeah. How's that worked out for you? It's, you know what, if I'd have taken my own advice, it would be all right. But my nipples bleed every evening and my feet are covered in blisters, so it's my own fault. Doc Brown, hi. Hiya. One of the things this is about tonight is about the Burmese comedian, Zarganar, um, who was locked up for criticising the government. Out of the two of you, who do you think cares most about that? <laughs> <laughs> what a question. Well, I heard about it the first time when I was invited to play the football. And, you know, I, I suppose I'm, I'm somebody, obviously, I could believe in free speech, do you know what I mean? Like, but... I've got Zarganar's early albums, and I saw him on Whose Line Is It Anyway? So I've been actually following his career for a lot longer than you. Well, I think you win there. Yeah. So, well, listen, good luck tonight with your performance. Thank you very much. Okay, Cheers. we look forward to seeing it and hope it goes really well. Thank you. Cheers. See you soon. Okay, I'm stood at the side of the stage now, and Adam Hills is just about to bring on the first act. Can we start with a small round of applause? And can we build that up? into a large round of applause. And then a huge round of applause for Doc Brown. Wow. Huh. Wow. You, you, you know, five years ago, I, I never would have thought I'd be standing somewhere like this. Now, you know? No, I, I thought I'd be somewhere much better. No, because, you know, I used to be a rapper, like Adam said, for real. I used to be a successful rapper. I'm not anymore, obviously. I wear cardigans now. But I think I was probably doomed to failure as a rapper, you know, because to be convincing, I think you've got a, you know, you've got to have a certain swagger, right? You've got to have a, a bit of braggadocio, you know, a bit of, uh, you've got to do all that boasting and bragging, right? And me, I've got two major problems with that. One is that I'm broke, and the other is that I'm British, right? I mean, what, what exactly am I going to boast about? You know, like what, everybody hating on me because they want what I got? I just keep accumulating and I'm not going to stop. I got bling rings, glittery things you can't top. Genuine Elizabeth Duke, Argos, nice heart. 
My pants are Primark, standard, three in a pack of fiver. I'm too slick. You seen the new whip? I got the flash car, a Vauxhall Astra. You get to see this on MTV Cribs. I'm the badder man. Laid back in my caravan. You could only buy this if you had a grand. Interior, fully furnished, Matalan. Always knew the next step was to get a boat. I'm way ahead of you, two-man pedalo. Yeah, you know what this is, you might not. I pedal right past you bitches, like what? Oh, and I eat like a king. Mini pork sausages and beans from the tin. Breakfast, greasy spoon, fried eggs. Lunchtime, cheese and ham slice at Greg's. And for dinner, man, I don't want no crappy deal. Nah, I'm going all out with a happy meal. Cause it's got everything this boy needed. And to top it all off, the toy's decent. Oh. Yeah. Doc Brown, mm. you've just stepped off stage. How did that go? I thought it went well. I think the main thing was that it was actually an, it was an enjoyable 10 minutes rather than 10 minutes of fear, which is the last thing you want. That was fine, man. Really warm crowd. Great, um, great feeling, you know, when, when people laugh and applaud in that kind of number. So it's great. <laughs> John Bishop, how are you? Very well. Now, I've heard you've got your kids out flying for you, is that right? <laughs> no, I've got one out, and he's not flying for me. He, he, he's flying for, for the other shows, although I am I am part of, you know, sometimes to give you a flyer to go five shows on or something, I am part of that, but but I did, I wasn't so convinced it was a good idea in case someone came up to me and said, he's a bit of a, he's a bit of a tosser. You know, because that would be hard for a 16-year-old to hear. But with my son, he'd probably turn and go, yeah, you want to live with them. <laughs> so how's it changed from when you first started coming? Well, obviously, I mean, people are buying tickets. Uh, the size changes, the emphasis changes, the pressure changes. Sometimes when you're in this environment, particularly at the Edinburgh Festival, it appears to be the most important thing in the world. And it's all anyone's talking about. When I'm up here, I've decided the last couple of years, I don't read the paper at all when I'm up here because you can't pick up a paper without looking for a review or reading someone's review. And and that's why I think you know the, the gig that's, that Amnesty do is important because you can, you can then balance off the craziness of what all this is with the importance of, of a campaign that will make a difference to someone else's life. Whereas we're just up here trying to get our egos massaged. So since all this stuff has been kicking off for you, who's the most interesting person you've met? Have you ever been in a situation where you've had to pinch yourself? The most interesting thing that happened is I, I was in a conversation with Kenny Daglish about the tickets that I had at Liverpool, which meant that me and my dad had to walk to the back of the main stand and my dad's got a bad knee. So Kenny Dagley said to me, why are you doing that? He said, why don't you come to a match as my guest? So I said, okay. Now I wasn't completely sure what that meant. So I said to me, dad, wear a shirt and tie. You know, we'll be somewhere posh. We arrived at the game. We got led into the director's lounge. So there's three tables in there and, and people are having their dinner. So I said to me, Dad, look, you know, Kenny said, do you want something to eat? Me, Dad went, oh, it's Monday. You know, your mum does a pie on a Monday. So I've had a pie. So I said, all right. And then we get led out to the director's box and we are sat on the front row of the director's box. There's me, me dad, 
Kenny Daglish and Phil Thompson. And we're there on the front row at the director's box, watching Liverpool beat Portsmouth last year. And there was a point where I looked at my dad and my dad looked at me and we both went, how did this happen? Did you just do a Ken Loach film? Is that yeah. right? Is that finished now, has it? That's finished. That was, I did a premiere in Cannes. That was odd. Went to Cannes, red carpet with Ken Loach. Unbelievable. I obviously wasn't used to the red carpet thing because um, I got told off by the PR of the film because when we were walking down the red carpet and all the photographers were photographing us, I got my phone out to photograph them. <laughs> and he said it ruined the shot because I looked like a tourist in the wrong place. Oh, look at this, it's great, isn't it? <laughs> so uh, in the process now of uh, looking to what went to premiere in the, in the UK. Great. I mean, it's a Ken Loach film, it's going to be a gritty film, but it'd be good. What's the most outrageous thing you've ever seen happen on stage at the Edinburgh Festival? I've seen people strip themselves completely naked. I've seen everything from wrestling that was a bit of fun to it into a big brawl. I've, I've seen everything. But what I what I always like about the festival is it is, as you say, you know, the, the relationship with Amnesty and the, the opportunity for freedom of expression is no more greater expressed than here. Because you get people at the Edinburgh Festival, I look at them, I think, where do you go for the rest of the year? You know, I was in a pub a couple of days ago and there was a lad in the corner with the top hat on, with the face painted as a clown, just sat there having a drink and I'm thinking, where, where, where does he live? You know, now, nobody was taking any notice of him because he was in the Edinburgh Festival, but you know, on the estate that I grew up on, no one walked around with a top hat. Great. Well, John Bishop, thank you very much for talking to us on the Amnesty International podcast. Thank you. I'm in the green room with Emo Phillips, who's just stepped off stage. Hi, Emo. Hello. So, Emo, why are you doing this? Well, um, you know, speech separates us from the animals. And, and, and amplified speech from the Amish. <laughs> And free amplified speech separates our society from repressive dictatorships and the Amish. Now, I believe there's a bit of a conflict of interest with you doing this gig. Yeah, yeah well, see, my folks were in the electric cattle prod business. <laughs> oh, I'm so torn. Thank you very much, Emo Phillips. down at the side of the stage now and last year's Edinburgh Comedy Award winner Tim Key is on right now. On my Wikipedia page it says Tim Key deliberately bad poetry. Deliberately bad poetry. It isn't. It's not deliberate. It's like saying Tim Key deliberately bad at sex. Not deliberate, just bloody tricky. Can be, can't it mate? All the little moves. He did a gesture in the end. In the end, he did that gesture. Each to his own. This next poem is uh, genuinely, uh, it's a bit more serious. I'd like to do this one without the music of a May, Jamie, which I may. <clears throat> it's a bit more somber. Strap in. Wear a pair of jeans, she said again, holding up the Wranglers. No, Eva. Oh, go on, wear the jeans. 
No, Eva. But I just think, since I've bought the jeans, it'd be nice for me anyway to see you in them. No, Eva! I look a bloody Birkin jeans! Bloody Binham! Hitler stormed out. So, Tim Key, you've just stepped off stage at the Stand Up For Freedom gig. Yeah, I did, yeah. That went really well. Well, it was okay, yeah, it had its moments. How do you feel now? Uh, I feel all right, yeah. I, I always find it like a, quite difficult playing a venue like this absolutely gigantic. So I kind of always get a big relief when I come off you know, that it didn't go, I, that no one invaded the stage. Or... Yeah, with that many people, anything could happen. Well, it just becomes a slightly bigger problem if they do invade the stage because there's so many of them to deal with. Now, last year you won the big prize. Yeah. How's your year been? Has it changed your life? Um, no, I don't think it's changed it uh, per se, but it has been, um, it, was, it was a nice thing to win. And like a, um, I suppose, it, 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 I guess I, I have like slightly more opportunities, stuff like this. Maybe I wouldn't have been asked to do this. You know, I do more kind of um, play bigger venues sometimes and, and things like that, and people maybe sort of take me slightly more seriously, I suppose. So we're just about to go back into the green room now. <laughs> Oh well, that's yeah. a bit of a hero's welcome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. Dan Antopolsky. Speaking. Just stepped off stage. Yes, and then up some stairs and now in backstage. <laughs> How did it go? It went fine, yeah, it was great. You could, you, it's quite hard to mess up these benefit gigs because everyone's here sort of uh, feeling goodwill. <laughs> so uh, the gig is great uh, and uh, it was lovely, yeah, great pleasure. Last year... You won the best joke of the festival. Have you done an interview yet where someone hasn't asked you about that? Uh, no, I haven't, and they're very welcome to, since that's the point of those uh, publicity-creating uh, things like uh, competitions and so on. So that's absolutely fine, yeah. It's always a bit wry, because I've been doing stand-up for 12 years, and that, those eight words and the most famous thing I've ever achieved, far and away. So, uh, but uh, w whatever, so that's all good, yeah. It's all fun, comedy, eh? And the eight words were? The eight words were, uh, hedgehogs, why can't they just share the hedge? An amazing joke, a profound, life-changing joke. Yeah, the hedgehog joke has sort of gone all over Google, and um, some people are selling T-shirts now in the States. And because it was so publicised as, as credited to me, it's a unique sort of opportunity for a comedian to kind of stamp their you know, claim on a piece of intellectual property, trivial though it is. And so I'm kind of interested to see what kind of uh, litigational game we can play with, you know, and see what, see what happens, you know. We've heard today through um, the BBC office uh, in Burma that uh, Amnesty International's activities here in the Edinburgh Festival are actually starting to seep through to the Burmese, into the Burmese consciousness. So people have heard of what we're doing here and have heard about the campaign we're running. So you now might be quite big in Burma Wow. Yeah, I mean, have any, awesome. pla any plans to tour there? Well, we'll, we'll have my people talk to the, uh, the Burmese government, see what we can arrange, you know. But, but, I mean, Burma is one of those countries where it's a top, you know, it's a minority at the top, kind of squashing everyone else. I don't know what the solution to that is. But, uh, I d yeah, I mean, if there's a way to reach people through that filter and uh, change the culture in such a way that might eventually change the system, then that's all, even in micro steps, that's all good, you know. Great. Well, thanks very much for Absolute talking to pleasure. us and Indeed. thanks for taking part in the gig tonight. Great pleasure. And please welcome to the
stage your next act, truly one of Germany's best comedians, making his first ever appearance at the Edinburgh Fringe, Michael Mittermeier. Yeah, I'm from Germany. Yeah, most of you never saw a German comedian. <laughs> yeah. All of you heard a lot of Nazi jokes in your life, huh? But why listen to these cover versions when you can have an original? <laughs> yeah. A choose in the house? <laughs> huh? Hey, you can relax. I'm a friendly Nazi. Yay! <laughs> yeah, I like it here in Scotland. Huh? It, it, it's, I, feel, I feel like it, it's kind of, it's great because I come here and I think, I speak really good English. <laughs> no, because every time when I go in English-speaking countries, I have to thank the Americans. Thank you for all, for all what you did for us Germans. Yes, thank you. For over 60 years, all the world was hating us Germans. They were saying, they start a new war. Rah, rah, rah. Since you attacked Iraq, the world hates you more than us Germans. <laughs> thank you, America. Thank you. We are the good guys again. We can prepare again. No, it's kind of, because I, for half a year I lived in New York and, and um, Americans don't know shit about Germany. And, and so uh, people ask me weird questions. And, and there was a girl, and this is a true story, an American girl uh, walked up to me and she said, hey, you German, why there are so many different languages in Europe? What to answer to such a highly extreme intelligent question? <laughs> and I said to her, look, Tiffany, <laughs> you want to know why there are so many different languages in Europe? Because we Germans lost the war. <laughs> and you know what she answered, huh? I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah, languages are like, Languages, because German, German is a shitty language, don't you think? Huh? German always sounds like a threat. Huh? Even if you want to say something nice like happiness and peace for all the people. Translated in German, Frieden und Wohlgefallen allen Menschen auf Erden. <laughs> Did you ever watch German porn? <laughs> Come on, huh? This is really scary, even for us Germans. German porn, it's so scary because they're like, they're like machines. Like, ich werde dich ficken, ich mach dich fertig. Du Schlampe, ja, du bist. Ich werde, mach dich fertig. Ich bin der härteste. You know, translated, this is, I love you so much and I want to hug you and kiss you. This is German language. Yes. And um, I know people hate us Germans for, for what we're doing in the world. Yeah, going to other countries and place our towels on the deck chairs. <laughs> and this, at 7 a.m. in the morning, this is really scary, huh? Why do we Germans do this? Why? Why do we put our towels on the deck chairs everywhere in this world, huh? We are not allowed to make war again, so we occupy something, and even if it's a shitty detector! Yes!
Adam Hills, how did that go? The show was great. The show's been absolutely lovely so far. Uh, I walked on stage and signed a woman's breasts, uh, and then I signed her boyfriend's stomach. Um, Jason Byrne invaded the stage, did some really offensive sign language, and then um, Michael Mittermeier, who's here with me, uh, just stormed it. Did you know that was going to happen? Was that a plan? No, I'm not sure why Jason Byrne was in the audience. <laughs> I just happened to say, are there any you know, English people here? And then suddenly he went, what about the Irish? And then... And I felt for Michael Mittermeier, who was on next, because any other comedian knows Jason and knows me and go, would go, OK, those two, this is going to take a while. But for someone from another country... Yeah, but I, I like the word you said. You said he invaded the stage. <laughs> and he really invaded the stage. <laughs> yeah, a lot of Nazi signs, a lot of hand signs. And it was a good entry for me. I never had this entry because in Germany, it's not allowed to do this. Yeah, but here you can do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone, everyone always talks in Australia about Germany. They always say, but in Germany, they don't have a speed limit on the autobahns. And there are so many less crashes. Is it true? Or... I don't know. Um, uh, you don't feel the crash when you go to <laughs> 200. <laughs> um, there's also a stereotype here that Germans don't have a sense of humor. And like any joke, if you're on stage... Really? I know. Really? There's this stereotype. I never heard about this stereotype. Are you serious? No. <laughs> <laughs> But see, coming from Australia, I didn't know that. I had never heard that stereotype. And then I go to English comedy clubs and English comedians go, where are you from? Germany. <laughs> you're in a comedy club. That's not the right... Yeah. And I'm, Oh, why is that? I didn't, I didn't know that Germans apparently didn't have a sense of humour until I came to England. Uh, okay, you, you don't have to stereotype in Australia. No, no. That's if you're in Australia and you go, oh, that man's German, oh, he doesn't have a sense of humour, Australians go, oh, don't, why? why? So fuck the English, yeah! <laughs> so. We're in a bustling green room. We are indeed. Post-show. Uh-huh. Do you know who I am yet? <laughs> Do you want to introduce me? How they are? <laughs> You hosted? I did. Well, I co-hosted there. Uh, so Adam did the first half, I did the second half, and then uh, and and we we did a little bit extra. We had clips from Michael Mittermeier's uh, documentary, which we hope is going to get a, some kind of general release, uh, just focusing on Zargonar, who's the face of tonight's uh, tonight's Stand Up for Freedom gig. Yeah, but it seems to be pretty, go pretty well. Did you have a good time? I had a really good time. I mean, you you, you know me, I'm not an overtly political comedian, but uh, threw in a little bit here there and uh, you know with, with John Bishop on and John uh, I introduced him it just came off the top of my head but he has a fringe phenomenon this year just the sheer number of tickets he's seen and so there was people in that room who can't get a ticket for John and he pops up there so that they, they get a flavour of him great well Fred McCauley thank you very much for being such a supporter of this podcast and being a supporter of this gig tonight it was as everybody that's been involved with this has said my pleasure thank you the Amnesty International Comedy Podcast That's all we've got time for on this podcast. All that's left for me to do is to say thank you to everyone who came to the show and to everyone who donated their time to Amnesty International. Josie Long, Mark Watson, Doc Brown, Danielle Ward, Emo Phillips, Michael Metemeyer, Dan Antopolsky, Tim Key, John Bishop, Adam Hills and Fred McCauley. News of Amnesty's Edinburgh Festival campaign for Zargonar and other political prisoners is now being broadcast into Burma by the independent exile media. Having an impact inside Burma and showing solidarity with the Burmese people is what this campaign is all about. The more people that get involved, the more impact that campaign will have. So please, join Amnesty and add your voice at amnesty.org.uk slash edfest. Listen out for our final podcast next week. 
as we wrap up Amnesty's coverage of the Edinburgh Fringe and find out who wins the Foster's Edinburgh Comedy Award.